He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. And as we see it, we really should be giving the host a lot more value than we are, than we're asking. And of course, like we now have enough data to show that overall, um, depending a little bit on, on, you know, the, uh, what end of the market you're in. Um, but if you run something like mid, mid to mid to high end, just the the damage that uh, we prevent should easily pay for the product. The problem is that, you know, a, a big rager of a party might only ever happen, you know, once every five years or something, but then it can be pretty catastrophic when it does, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit um, like an insurance in that you, you know, you can maybe pay a little bit per month, but then you are reducing the likelihood that uh, anything uh, really bad will happen. We've also now, especially in um, the uh, last few months, when uh, Europe there is a big energy crisis with electricity rates spiking and cost of heating uh, spiking, and it can be, um, you know, multiples of what it of what it used to be. So, the fact that we have occupancy and motion data from inside apartments means we can use that to uh, uh, partner up with uh, thermostat manufacturers and save energy to our, to our customers, that is also starting to, um, you know, actually pay off. It can be comparable to the, to the software price that we're charging. So the way, you know, I've, I've, we've done our job when a customer installs minutes and now they have more money the next month. <laughs> You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, Slick Talkers, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I wanted to jump in here really quickly because this episode is really fascinating to me. I've known of Minute for quite a while, probably right when I started getting into short-term rentals. And, you know, it's just funny to see how events and certain paths cross uh, when you are in this thing we call life. And uh, I had a really good time getting to talk with Nils and getting to know him as a person and a founder in the industry and what they've created with Minute as a product, as a service, and a big piece of the industry and where we're going. So looking at Minute as a company is really nice and fascinating because what Nils doesn't mention in this episode is that they have integrated directly with Airbnb. And I don't know many, outside of property management software, I don't know many companies that have gone this route successfully to integrate with Airbnb as a giant platform that it is. So not only do you have Nils talking about their outdoor sensors and the way that Minute approaches becoming part of the business rather than just being a tool that you use as a host or a property manager. So I really love that, but you won't hear us talk about the integration with Airbnb because it just takes time. And that's one of the things that you can't really put a a time and date on uh, for announcement until it's officially there. So go check out Minute. And guess what? They are 
proud sponsors of this podcast, as well as Hostfully and Safely.com. And the best pairing I think I could have ever done for this podcast was to bring on these group of vendors and partners and technologists into the, the audio airwaves that you're listening to now and creating this awesome partnership because they are just rocking it and minute and hostfully and safely are the best way to approach a tech stack from a professional operation standpoint. So I hope you enjoy this episode and tune in, make sure that you like, and subscribe to everything in the show notes. And then guess what? Like I said, you'll actually get two months of minute for free on me. Just go to the link in the show notes and use the uh, promo code attached and you will be all set to go. So I hope you enjoy. Now tune in to Nils with Minute and diving into the business right now on Slick Talk. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host once again, Will Slickers. And today I am joined by Nils Madison, who is the CEO and co-founder of Minute. And Nils, it has been a long time in the making, to say the least, for this episode. So I'm super excited to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm uh, very happy that we're finally here. Me too. Me too. It's been, what, if I would say three or four years in the making. So um, yeah, give or take. We'll, we'll you know credit some of that time to, to COVID. But um, I'm pumped because you and I got to connect behind the scenes. We always do a preach out with all of our guests on the show, as all of our listeners know. And it was really awesome for me to hear more of your story that maybe I didn't know publicly. Um, but then also kind of hearing your your passion and expression for what you guys are doing at Minute. And so I want to give you the opportunity to kind of give us an intro to your journey as an entrepreneur, um, professional career, all that stuff, and kind of what what led you just to kind of co-founding Minute and to creating it to what it is today? Uh, what a good question. Um, can, I can talk for a long time on that, I think. Um, but I think the, um, um, the story I told you uh, when, we, uh, when we met was really um, um, a uh, chance encounter. I was um, at the time working for uh, Apple, living out in California and San Francisco. And, um, and one of my friends brought along a uh, guy to a bar, as you do. Um, and uh, it turned out to be one of the first uh, uh, employees at Airbnb. Um, and we got to talk about, you know, all the uh, different issues that you run into at uh, those very, very early days of, uh, of the company. And one of them um, was pertaining to uh, people putting up cameras as they were renting out their flats, which, you know, you could have a lot of sympathy for for hosts, especially in those early days um, when uh, every guest was essentially a first-time guest um, and uh, people were, to a greater extent than today, I think, um, uh, let, letting out their own homes. Um, but of course, as a guest, you really wanted to um, have full privacy when you're going somewhere and that's what, that's what you deserve. Um, so... I uh, remember that as like a very interesting problem where you sort of had to balance the uh, privacy expectations as a guest with the monitoring needs that you would get as a host. Um, and um, um, that idea stuck with me for, for some time. But of course, uh, this was it's a long time ago, maybe 2008 or 2009. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I wasn't quite ready to start my own company then, but um, 
if you if you spend too many years in San Francisco, that you know eventually you sort of have to do a startup. Yeah. Um, and so when I had been at Apple for I think seven or eight years, um, the uh, I sort of got this itch that I wanted to do something on my own, and this idea uh, came back to me that you know. There is clearly something um, something we can do here that is quite quite an interesting space which um, hasn't really been explored before. Um, so that was probably the like the the origin of Minute. Of course, we uh, we uh, like like most companies at that time. I think we we launched a, uh, a Kickstarter at first, um, and that was a blessing and a curse because uh, it uh, got us some money, it got us some um, some early customers, but um, Unfortunately, a lot of them were um, consumers. Uh, there were people who were on Kickstarter looking for a cool thing rather than the um, the uh, short rental host that we had intended to to target. And so we were led a little bit astray there um, and um, uh, focused perhaps a little bit too much on the on the consumer side of the uh, business. Um, but we've since found our way back, um, and we're now 100% focused on. Uh, uh, core hosts and um, property managers working in, in short-term rentals. But I think that's the, that's like the very, very sort of quick, uh, quick summary of uh, many years of running a startup and uh, you know, trying some things that didn't work, uh, going into some dead ends and uh, backpedaling, but then sort of using the, uh, uh, the things you've learned to create something that is uh, a little bit better every week. No, 100%. I love that. There's a, there's a lot to take away um, from... From your experience from Apple, how much of that was really applied into the creation of Minute? Um, as the brand has grown, obviously, I'm sure it's changed a lot over over the years of you know from the first starting uh, of the Kickstarter campaign and everything like that. But um, you know what what key experience did you take from Apple uh, that you applied to the company today, and, or maybe applied back then and still apply today? Uh, would love to know that. Um. I mean, there was, I would say, two two sides to that. Like, uh, there's of course like the very um, practical things. Like, um, um, Apple isn't usually credited for it, but it was very early on in uh, um, using machine learning and privacy in combination um, to get um, both sort of the benefits that you can that you can get, but without uh, sacrificing uh, privacy of, uh, of consumers. Um, there was a lot of very early work in, um, uh, in just being at the forefront of technology that that, that there was some um, enabling techniques, I would say, in terms of uh, edge processing and um, um, uh, yeah, low power electronics that was crucial in shaping the product that it now meant. But I think those those kind of things are maybe less important than the... Uh, um, the culture, you know, like the healthy disrespect for what people call impossible, and uh, the uh, the drive to always create something that is uh, a little bit better than the competition, um, as, as well as um, like an instinct to always raise the bar and and to push things a little bit further. I think that served us really well because um, there are a lot of good companies out there. There are a lot of um, um, there's a lot of great ideas coming from different startups. And if you're not setting yourself a very high bar, I think it's very easy to become you know, 
one of three, four, five that are quite similar. Um, and of course, that's a bit of a, a death spiral because uh, when you end up with five identical identical offerings, what you end up is with uh, price competition and, and lower margins, and then um, you don't really have the, the room to maneuver and, and innovate. Um, and uh, I think both both of those things, like the technical excellence, but also like the culture of bringing out um, products that really like stand head and shoulders above um, everything else out there has served us really well. Well, you said earlier too that the Kickstarter was both a good and a bad thing. So let's talk about how that campaign kind of really shifted you guys towards the consumer rather than the actual short-term rental host and operator. How, how long did it take for you guys to kind of be like, okay, we really need to get back on track of the host and STR uh, company rather than you know the, the traveler or the booker or whatever the typical consumer might have been. Um, I think when you and I talked the first time, I talked about how actually these people were just using them in their own like homes, like their own house. They weren't using it for like a vacation rental and and partake that, but really just as a home device for themselves. Yeah, so I think most most startups like you really struggle to find traction with um, any idea, and we had the issue of having uh, traction with two ideas. Like there was the um, privacy conscious um, home security or home monitor system that um, isn't what we intended, but is what um, a lot of our early customers ended up using the, uh, the, the product as. And there is a large market for um, a, a product of that type. Um, but we always had this sort of like core of um, uh, short-term rental users, like our first Kickstarter video, you know, with, um, featuring an Airbnb host and it was like tailored to that market. But of course, most of those people weren't on Kickstarter. So, but it still found its way up there. So I don't know what the split was um, in, in those days, but both groups were very, um, very active. It's just that there are so many more consumers. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say it took us a good couple of years um, before we decided to go all in on the uh, um, short-term rental track. And um, there were a couple of catalysts. One was that we um, we started out without having a recurring business model. So we were only selling uh, the devices, and then we were um, and we were always going to um, you know, to start charging a subscription. You sort of have to to be able to run a sustainable business these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't sure exactly how we were gonna how we were gonna set it up. Um, and one of the key learnings was that um, when you're selling to a, um, a short-term rental operator, we can actually save them money or we can make their business better. Um, and so it's not, just a, it's not just a cost, right? Like it's something that can enhance the guest experience or your uh, um, relationships with your community, you know, whichever, whichever um Key, key benefit it is you're after like it has like a real uh, a real price whereas on the consumer side that's a lot um, a lot harder and the competition is it's a lot more so the the realization that there was a much higher willingness to pay in the short run community was important but the the most important thing was probably the uh, um, involvement of Airbnb who um, um, reached out and, and you know were very enthusiastic and saw this as something that was 
um, an integral part of the um, um, home sharing experience in the future. And of course, with that leverage, like with that um, uh, distribution help, um, we could really take a commanding lead in that market. Um, whereas on the consumer side, you know, maybe we were, um, um, well, definitely not the leading ones because um, those are all the names that you know, but but a, a, a smaller actor. And I think um, that's a key a key learning for me as well is that it's. Uh, um, it's a much better position to be a category leader in a small category rather than a, um, a, yeah. a smaller player in a bigger field. I love that. And that's a really good point. Um, I actually kind of want to ask, it's like a simple question actually that we probably should have started off with in the beginning, but what is Minute? What, what is the device? What do you guys do for hosts and operators? Because I know we have a lot of longtime listeners to the show um, that probably obviously know who you are because they're, operators and it's hard not to know who minute is but for any new listeners i think it would just be great to kind of cover like what do you guys do um for hosts and property management companies right so i would say most people would describe us um say a noise uh noise not dependency monitoring company like that's probably like where where most of our customers get uh most of most of the value um and very importantly we do this monitoring in a privacy-conscious way that doesn't pick up any uh, uh, information that can be sensitive for an individual or can even be connected to a specific individual. Um, and that uh, noise and occupancy monitoring um, is a super important part of uh, running a professional uh, management company. Um, we zoom out a little bit, right? And we... we, we Internally, admit it, and also like as we as we communicate, um, we see ourselves as um, a co-host. So um, our our mission is to be there for hosts in uh, different types of, of situations. And we're using the noise and occupancy monitoring, which is at the core of what we do, um, to provide um, value-added services that can help um, people run a, an efficient business. It can be anything from um, data about what's going on in the um, in the listings that you can use for example to um, turn on and off heating or AC depending on um, whether the guest is, is, is there or not um, it's um, um, about messaging at the right time um, and providing an, a, a better guest experience but the way we see ourselves is that we're sort of the data layer and then we're enabling a host to um, uh, to be the best that they can be um, but yeah, what we're famous for is, of course, like our party prevention, um, and um, uh, that is, I would still say, front and center to the, uh, 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 yeah, to the value that we are creating for our customers. For you, why was it so important to build a device that can be multi-featural rather than just focusing on just noise or just, um, you know, messaging or just this type of occupancy level? Uh, and security coverage. Um, why was that so important? And how has that played into the role of being a co-host and a partner to your your clients and operators rather than just being a device that they they use and subscribe to? Yeah, it would be a lot easier to just um, you know pick one feature and um, wrap it into a product and sell it. And there are some um, there are some 
benefits to that. Um, but I think there are two really good reasons why that's a sort of a technological dead end. And the first is that, um, you know, this system really shines when you get different types of data and you can connect them um, and you can create something that is better um, because you have uh, different uh, data sources. Um, so, for example, take our a combination of noise and occupancy, um, um, which we pioneered um, you know, years ago. Um, take something like, like a party, you know, like um, it is really helpful to be able to detect that before it gets noisy, when people are starting to um, uh, turn to, sh to, to show up in, in too big numbers. Um, and likewise, it's very important to be able to detect if it's just a few people, but they are really disturbing their neighbors, right? So mm -hmm. the core functionality actually gets better by having these two, um, um, these two data sources. Um, another um, important aspect is like, um, thankfully, you know, 98% of, uh, of guests are good people. And if you run a small operation, you might never, uh, you might never run into um, uh, any of these issues. Um, otherwise, the industry wouldn't really work. But it also yeah. it also means that um, the the prime value of the product is not if you are only focused on noise monitoring, it's maybe not seeing day to day. Mm. And so that's why we we see um, see it it's so important that we also um, help with security, that we also help with um, giving guests access, so that we're part of the daily. Um, the daily routine and the daily life of running a property management company. Because when we are interacting with guests and hosts on a daily basis, we're building up that trust that means that when something happens, um, you can trust it will be there for you. Um, and that, I think, is, uh, um, is going to be lost if you are creating a, a sort of a, a single tensor type, um, type company. For sure. And how has that played into this partnership that you guys formed with Airbnb? Uh, that's kind of a big deal when, you know, the biggest OTA for short-term rentals and hosts and and a lot of property managers to use that, you know, they, they've seen that trust, right? So um, how has that played in the role with that partnership with them? We worked with Airbnb for many, many years now. Um, and um, I've always felt that we've been very aligned in our, in our mission, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, the the uh, minute being the core host or the being the co-host um, is, um, is is the proposition that we deliver to 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 our customers. Um, our, our mission is to make home sharing work better for everyone. So we want to help create um, an industry that is good for the community, that is good for the guests, and that's good for the host. And we see ourselves as being able to be a bit of a mediator between these um, um, these different parties. So I think that alignment has been quite uh, been quite important. Um, I think the global reach is another one. Um, yeah. Of course, um, um, short-term rental is now a global phenomenon. Like there, it's it has um, like we have customers in in uh, over a hundred countries already, um, and of course the, the phenomenon is even wider than that. Um, and I think we're probably the only company that has that sort of global reach and that can support um, global companies. Like, of course, um, you know, we don't normally work with Airbnb. We also work with companies like uh, uh, Casa, for example, 
um, yeah. which is another very large, um, uh, they're a property manager, right? and they have properties in many different uh, different countries, and there weren't that many um, um, alternatives for them if they wanted something that could support their portfolio uh, internationally. Oh, I love that. And yeah, the way you guys kind of built it to really represent, I guess maybe represents not the best word, but to really take away that barrier to entry. I think there's a lot of people, you know, if you're going to be international, there's different types of plugins and outlets and all sorts of ways to do it. So the fact that Minute is a simple battery charge away, um, you know, and you don't like everyone can charge something now. So it's not like it's um, a, a big barrier to stop people from getting Minute. Uh, so it just makes so much sense on on why you guys would go that route and why that simple feature is so important for that global reach. Um, you know, you kind of you're talking about multiple data sets um, and just like zooming out, being a co-host. This is super important for you guys as a company to make the industry better um, in a lot of ways. But for you personally, as a founder, I, I'm curious to know. You know, when you went out and started this adventure, and I, and I know I asked you this. Um, back on our pre-chat but you know when you set out to be doing this this company with a you know an interaction at a bar meeting one of the first employees at airbnb to now where you guys are are a pretty big team um as we'll probably see at vrma there's going to be quite a few of you and it's it's just super exciting to see the growth and and to hear the story so when you started did you really think you would get to this level of of growth and you know uh from a team's perspective from a client perspective or did you really I, I guess like it's hard to ask this question because not a lot of founders really start a company just to think it's going to be a small little thing like obviously they all want to uh, but i would love to just know what your initial like thinking was when you started the company yeah yeah it's a good question and if you would have asked me when i started I probably would have said that it would have been even bigger <laughs> and having even more reach than, uh, than what we actually have. Um, it's um, like, it, 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 sometimes I, I um, looking back, I, I feel like it, it, looked, it looked quite straightforward, right? Like you, uh, as an engineer, especially like you, you know, you have your idea about the product, you can sort of see how all the uh, things come together. and. Um, you're probably underestimating all of the other things that you are uh, yet to learn about. And I think that is definitely a blessing because if if I had known how difficult it was going to be and how long it was going to take, um, you know, maybe I would have stayed at Apple. <laughs> no, that's too funny. Yeah, it's, uh, it's never as fast as we think it is. Um, you know, I I know there's a lot on the on the horizon for you guys um one as anyone who's listening uh, if you've listened to previous episodes you'd know that we're partnered together uh, on the podcast but this interview uh, again was long overdue so for for a lot of the listeners you know give us a, a sneak peek on i guess what what's in the works with minute um maybe some things you guys have seen the last two years i hate bringing it up but covid was such a pivotal part or part for for what the industry has seen from you know all the craziness in the early days to then the skyrocket in and usage and adoption in the overall consumer so uh what's next for a minute and what have you guys really seen that's played a big role into kind of your your trajectory growth and into the the next phase of the company yeah so our next big release is going to be um 
um, an outdoor sensor. Um, or to be more to be more precise, we're actually making um, all sensors work indoors and outdoors. Um, mm. Wherever you wherever you want to place them, you should be able to place them. Um, and um, this has been a very ambitious project. You know, we uh, could have uh, um, again made it simple for us and and done um, a uh, an outdoor sensor that was an add-on uh, to an existing indoor solution. But we actually heard from a lot of customers that um, one, those connections are quite frail. Um, a lot of people are only concerned about uh, outdoor noise because that is in some environments what is really uh, traveling to the uh, to the neighbors and communities. Yeah. So we set out to create um, a uh, completely standalone sensor that could um, um, yeah, be played literally anywhere anywhere in the world. Um, and um, a little bit like starting a startup, like you realize uh, after a while that, that, that it's a bigger bigger challenge. So one of yeah. the things that we have um, ended up investing a, a ton in is um, um, to build our machine learning capabilities so that we can actually differ between different types of noise um, outdoors. Because um, it turns out that wind is really, really noisy, but you don't, you don't want to set off any, uh, any alarms to send any messages based on that. So we've um, invested heavily in a machine learning team who has done um, a privacy-conscious uh, sound classifier that can exclude things like wind noise um, from outdoors and uh, provide customers with, a, um, I think, a much better experience than anything else that is out there on the market today. Um, so that's, that's what's on the immediate horizon, and we're very, very, uh, very proud to launch this now in the coming, coming week. Um, your question about around COVID, uh, I think that's also like an interesting, um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for, uh, for us and I think for everyone in the industry. Um, we, like everyone in March, uh, you know, we took uh, a, um, a quick hit in uh, revenue, like people were um, not sure about what was going to come next. Um, but for for us at Minute, it, it turned around in in really like a matter of weeks because what happened was um, that short term rental was actually one of the few things you could do with your with your leisure time, and people were starting to um, you know drive to locations um, when they couldn't they couldn't fly. So it was this big shift in terms of like where the demand was, um, and I'm really proud of the, of the industry and the community as a whole to sort of respond to that. Um, uh, shift in demand and, and provide, uh, I think, um, a better experience than than uh, hotels had been um, had been able to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for for us, um, I mean, that was a bit of an opportunity. Um, there were there were some things where demand was like like uh, suddenly very very high. Contactless check ins, for example, um, and oftentimes the host couldn't go to their um, couldn't go to their properties really between um, um, even between bookings mm-hmm. uh, if they were not in the city, um, and so we built a lot of features around uh, contactless access, uh, security between bookings, um, mm-hmm. get messaging that really help uh, create that that workflow um, mm-hmm. that enable hosts to run a more uh, hands off uh, uh, operation, and that's obviously stuck. Like that's something yeah. I think is here here to stay now. Um, so, yeah, COVID was uh, 
code was a roller coaster, but you know, sometimes yeah. you need to do this stress test to system. Well, it's, it's fascinating to me because I think, you know, going from a couple of features to then this whole ecosystem that really, like, as we all know, vacation rental managers or even hosts today have such a high cost when it comes to their tech stack. There's so many things to add, especially if you're not just relying on Airbnb. If you are relying just on Airbnb as a solo platform and maybe a couple smart locks and and maybe if you're if you're savvy enough to add some dynamic pricing software on the back end. But you know, outside of that, most people usually get a PMS. They add all these extra things that go into it. So that twenty five or twenty percent commission they're taking from the revenue is just going down and down and down. So the fact that you guys have created this whole ecosystem of features and workflows that really tie into the operators day to day, limiting that increase of having to buy more products, uh, I think is super smart because, um, you know, I always joke, there's always that big piece of pie that everyone's trying to take from. But when it comes to the property manager's piece of pie, it's a very small piece. And then you got everyone else putting their fork in it, trying to take it. Um, so it, it can get very costly. So just the just want to say kudos, I guess, to creating an ecosystem that really does limit that um, that one sliver of pie being decreased into a smaller and smaller fraction. Yeah, and as we see it, we really should be giving the host a lot more value than we are than we're asking. Um, and of course, like we now have um, enough data to show that. Um, uh, Overall, um, depending a little bit on, on you know the uh, what end of the market you're in, um, but if you run something like mid mid to mid to high end, um, just the the damage that uh, we prevent should easily pay for the product. The problem is that you know a, a big rager of a party might only ever happen you know once every five years or something, um, and but then it can be pretty catastrophic when it does, right? So it's it's a bit um, like an insurance in that you, you know, you can maybe pay a little bit per month, but then um, you are reducing the likelihood that uh, anything uh, really bad will happen. Um, we've also now, especially in um, the uh, last few months, when uh, um, at least in Europe, there is a big um, uh, energy crisis with um, electricity rates spiking, and cost of heating uh, spiking. And it can be, um, you know, multiples of what it, of what it used to be. So, the fact that we have um, occupancy and motion data from um, inside reports means we can use that to uh, uh, partner up with uh, thermostat manufacturers and um, save save energy to our to our customers. That is also starting to um, you know actually pay off and be and can it can be comparable to the um, uh, to the software. Um, price that we're charging. So the way, you know, we've done our job when a customer installs Minute and now they have more money the next time. <laughs> I like it. I like that. That's a good way to it's phrase a it. Goal. It's a goal, right? Like, yeah. We get a start for something. Yeah. Um, oh, it's really interesting. And I guess uh, one of my, I guess, closing questions for you would be around regulations, right? So you guys have all this data set now with motion um you know occupancy and of course noise when it comes to this has been the biggest conversation and i had the pleasure of meeting some of your team at the florida alliance vacation rental uh conference in orlando just a few weeks ago 
And you know, going into that that conference, I wasn't expecting regulation to be the biggest topic, but really was the headline of everyone's day-to-day conversation. And you know, with that, having that data set, what do you guys what are you able to do when it comes to potential bans and regulatory issues that limit your clients or your customers to really grow or continue to operate in just their market that they've been in? Are you guys playing a role with that data as in, in the sense of kind of stepping in as a provider to really showcase the not just the the neighbors saying that it's loud, but like really showing that, hey, it was loud or it was not loud based on the guess and we were able to catch it early rather than, you know, hours later after the cops were already called. So absolutely, yes, we do a lot of work with the data, but even in the step before that, I really see that um, we have a role in um, diffusing these conflicts that we often have in in communities that is the the source of the regulation, right? Like the regulation is uh, uh, people who are just deciding that uh, they're going to do this for no good reason. It comes from um, people in our communities feeling that the short-term rental industry isn't um, a net contributor. And um, I want to make sure that we are. Um, And I think part of that is being very proactive when it comes to noise and and nuisance and making sure that neighbors have a good experience Um, um, and, you know, finding that, finding that right balance between um, uh, the interests of guests and hosts and and, and the community. Because we all want this when we're traveling. Like, of course, we should want this next to, uh, next to us as well. We should want that part of, of every community. And I think, um, um, using technology like Minute, but there are other things as well, uh, to um, make sure that uh, we are good neighbors. If we start at that step, you know, maybe we would see less of a pressure on uh, on uh, the regulation. Because I think a lot of these either outright bans or um, um, number of night bans uh, that we have in London or, or in Amsterdam, um, or even number of stays in a year, like they're very, um, um, they're very bad instruments to solve something, right? Like if you, if you rather say, okay, what what are the things that people are complaining about? And it's typically, or and, and I should say, then that like uh, people in the community, it's typically uh, noise and nuisance that comes up, and then uh, to an extent, it's uh, it house prices that may be a bit harder for for yeah. for, uh, for us to influence. So I see it coming in. Um, as early as possible, so we don't get that, that pressure for regulation. But when we do get the pressure for regulation, we do um, work closely with different community organizations to provide them um, with the data that they need in order to um, influence uh, the, the regulators. So this is also something that we have uh, been working very closely with the public policy team and everything. So, but get that ground truth and seeing that you know a lot of these. Um, a lot of these complaints might not be might not be real, and then um, um, on the other hand of it, like you, you can see that the, the number of cases after you install a, a minute in a listing is is actually very very few. And of course, there is a, a very positive benefit to the local economy, to local uh, businesses. And I think, I mean, I don't sound too too ambitious, but I think uh, the world is a better place because of um, short term lights and for. Um, allowing uh, uh, people to visit communities and living in them like locals. 
So we should cherish that and I think uh, do everything we can to protect it. I love that. That's that's like perfect hammer on the on the nail right there. Um, one of my one of my favorite questions to usually kind of wrap up it, uh, an interview with is like, where can people find you? But I kind of I have a feeling you you'll probably be able to answer this question better. And uh, this is going to be like probably a first time on the podcast. But do you have a favorite quote? Is there something that there's a quote from a either person you look up to, a company you admire, or anything that you would love to to share with anyone listening today? And sorry to put you on the spot. It's a good question. Do I have a favorite quote? Um, I I'm not actually sure which author uh, wrote this, but I think it's um, um, Oscar Wilde or Mark Twain. Um, and he said, "We're all in the gutters, but some of us are looking at the stars." Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. Uh, you know, we're sort of all um, uh, all on the same earth, um, but it's. Um, uh, it's nice to you know lift your gaze and and uh, uh, try to be a bit ambitious, I guess. I like that. That's a. I'm glad I asked you that question because that's a good quote. So uh, now for the actual final question, where if you have anyone that's maybe first time listening um, or wants to get to connect with you more or learn more about Minute, um, where can they go? What's the one link you would send them to if we could uh, could point them in that direction? I mean, the easiest is always to go to our website, uh, minute.com. Um, there you can buy our products. You can learn more about um, who we are and what we do. Um, I'm also super available on email. Send me an email, uh, minute.com. Um, I love hearing from customers and uh, uh, and partners, so uh, don't be shy. Um, but yeah, go to our website, check out. Um, check out the offering. Um, if you're an Airbnb host, you can also um, uh, find us through the community center. Um, so there are many ways. Um, if you have managed, if you're on, if you're a uh, short-term rental operator and you and you haven't been able to find us, let me let me know, and I'll uh, make sure that we add some uh, uh, marketing in your under the web. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, Nils, it's been so good to to hear your story and hear, you know, just everything behind the scenes with Minute and what you guys are building and how you've built it. It's been um, inspiring. Uh, I, I think that quote was uh, one of my favorite parts. I, I, I love that type of perspective and thinking around, you know, we're all in the gutters, but some of us choose to look up and look at a, a better a better view than what's maybe right at our feet. And so, uh, um, no, that's, that's a great way to end it. And I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast today and looking forward to working with you and the team more and, and seeing you at, at BRMA. Been great speaking to you, Will. I'm uh, looking forward to our next chat. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.